fast note before we get started today. Please know this podcast may contain content that may be disturbing to some listeners. All opinions expressed are that of the individual and are not meant as a substitute for professional mental health or medical advice. We advise reading the show notes for more detailed description before you listen to this podcast. Remember, mental health matters. Please take good care of yourself. Hello and welcome. It's Tammy Lawrence, Symbolisti here. Thank you for joining us for the I'm Still Here, Messages from the Other Side podcast. Each week, we'll be talking to individuals who believe that they have had messages from the other side. So interesting to hear as we all share our time together still here. Today we have Isabel Mosca. She is the creator of Life on the Bright Side podcast and the founder of a nonprofit organization, Faces for Autism. Hi, Isabel. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day. It's a great day now because I get to talk to you. <laughs> awesome. You're located in New Jersey, I believe? Yes. We are in the southern part of New Jersey. So we're a few blocks away from the ocean and I get to see sunrises and sunsets. That's my thing. So that's what I do. Beautiful, beautiful. And what's the weather doing there today? Well, it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. It's still, you still need a jacket, but it's, it's a sunny day. Nice, nice. The sun makes all of the difference in the world when it comes out. It just brightens the spirit and just lifts everything. So it feels just wonderful. Absolutely. And that, that's something that I do with Life on the Bright Side is... I discovered that I wasn't really taking care of myself. I decided to start watching sunrises and I would go down and make an appointment in my head and say, okay, you're going to wake up at this time and go watch the sunrise. So it got to be a habit and I love to take pictures of the sunrise. And, and if I can't make the sunrise, I go watch the sunset. That's beautiful. And you know, when someone's going through a grieving journey, that is so vitally important to take the time for that self-care, isn't it? Most definitely. And that's actually when I started watching the sunrises was my mother was in end stage of lung disease. And I realized that she was not out there seeing the sunrise and the sunset. And there was nothing I could do for her to help make her situation any better, except I could tell her about what I saw and bring her pictures of it. So I would go down and say, every day I'm doing this for you, mom. And it became a habit. And when she was gone, I continued to do it for me. So it brings me great joy. That's wonderful. So when, what year did your mom pass away? Oh my goodness. Uh, I cannot believe that I want to say 2016. Wow. And it, does it feel like it was just yesterday some days? Absolutely. She's, she's with me all the time. I mean, I, and in things that I say, when I look in the mirror, I see my mother's face. I share my mother's name. As a matter of fact, when I went in to have, I have twins, when I went to have the twins, they put the wristband on me and my mother and I had the same first and last name. And they thought it was a true miracle that a 60 year old woman was having twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yep. Yeah. And when you look in the mirror, you see your mom looking back at you. Most definitely. Um, <laughs> and I look and I see her smile and I see her influence on my life where I'm sure she did the same with her mother. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. It's only happened to me a few times where I've looked in the mirror and saw my mother's looking back at me and went, Whoa, when did that happen? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see my dad in there too now. So then thankfully, he's still around to, to share. Oh, to 
Most definitely. And, and that's what's a beautiful thing. I can look at my children now and I see, and other people's children, if I know their parents, that you see both. And I mean, it's genetics, obviously 50-50. Yeah. But to see it, I now, I am so excited when I see a newborn baby and when they're born, they always look like their fathers. But then when the emergence of the mother starts to come through, it's such a beautiful process to watch. And oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> it is adorable. Did you have communication with your mom then after she passed away from the other side? Most definitely. She continues to give me messages on a regular basis. I think now, now that I've know, that I've established that it is definitely her and my father as well. But my mother, as early as the day after that she passed, uh, my sister and my brother and I were with her, with her sister. And she had a hospital bed in her room at home. So she was in hospice care. And we stayed with her truly to the end. And instead of being sad about it, we celebrated with music and she was Irish. So we, you know, we toasted her. We sat in the bed with her. <laughs> and I know that she would have loved that. A lot of her is part of who I am. Sometimes a bizarre sense of humor, but also just finding the joy in life was my mom. The next morning, my sister called me and we live about 20 minutes away from each other. And we didn't know what to do with ourselves because we had been in constant care with my mom. What to do with your grief? You've been caring, 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 caring. So what we decided to do is... Do you want to have a seat, my friend? Oh, look, hi. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? How I look? You look great. I am talking to my friend Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> How I just look, right? You look great. Would you like to go? Look, I have something for you. This is my son, Kyle. He has autism. And hi, Kyle. He, Put it down. I'm going to borrow and, this one, and you're going to borrow this one. This. Thank you. See, see, he found out that I had his you iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be with you in just a minute, my friend. Okay? <laughs> Yes. Just enough time for Willy Wonka, right? You got it. You can watch Willy Wonka. Uh, and I'm time for uh, yeah. and I'm time for Willy Wonka, yes. right? Thank you. Thank oh, you. Wow. You're going with Daddy. Oh my goodness, we got we almost got through that one. He found out I had his iPad and now I have mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And it's interesting because he was with us when my mother passed as well. And people on the autism spectrum are very, very connected to the other side as well. And I, I believe that he felt her presence and, and does on a regular basis. But the next day after my mother passed, we were talking on the phone and I said to my sister, we have to go to breakfast. We can't sleep anyway. She picked me up at my house. And before we got out of the car, there was a song on the radio. And I looked at her and I said to my sister, that's your message from mom. And she said, well, you know, we all agreed. We, what we all did was we talked to my mother before she passed in. And we said, we need a sign from you. Each of us got our own sign and we made up a sign and we wrote them on the wall. And my sister said, oh, I'm not going to hear anything. We're sitting in the car. I said, that's your message right there. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, listen to the song. And it was Ben Rector, brand new. And it's a song that wasn't popular at the time. It wasn't on the radio normally, but it came on. And I said, this is your song. And I said, do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, I feel like I'm 17, I'm dancing, I'm happy, listen to the lyrics. And my sister said, nah, you're just making that up. So we went inside and we sat down in the restaurant, ordered our breakfast, and the song came on the radio in the restaurant. And my sister just looked at me again and I said, do you think she's trying to get your attention? And she <laughs> says, oh no, that's just a coincidence. I said, really? Okay, okay. 
So I'm smiling from ear to ear because my mother is here. My mother is having breakfast with us. My mother loved to go out to breakfast. So my sister and I were talking, making arrangements and doing different things. We get back in the car, turn on the car. Guess what's on the radio? No way. Same radio station. Why is that song on the radio? Three times in one hour. (laughs) So I was like, okay, are you listening to it now? So every time that song, I hear that song, I feel brand new. I, I can be in a supermarket. My mother loved to go food shopping. That song comes on. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm food shopping. Guess what we're doing? And I feel, not only do I feel better, I feel comforted. I feel that it helped me through the grief process to know that she did not want me to suffer. She didn't want me to be sad. And believe me, I was very sad. And my sister and I, the week after my mother passed, we went, my brother and my sister have a cabin in the mountains. So we went there and it's a cabin my mother used to love to go to. And I put my phone music on. I just pressed at random some music and it was Barbra Streisand. And my mother adored Barbra Streisand. When I was growing up, those are the albums that she listened to. And one of the songs that came on was um, something to the effect of, oh, it was called It's Time to Move On. (laughs) Wow. And I am sobbing, sobbing, just uncontrollably sobbing looking at the creek sparkling by in the nature and enjoying this and going, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. I have to move on. So it was like, please don't cry anymore. Please don't be sad about me. I'm in a good place. You need to just live your life, you know? And, and, and I do thoroughly believe that that was my mother's presence. And she also, I had a word for my mother and the word was always. So I said, when I see the word always, I know that's my mother. And I see it in the strangest places. Um, I have it up on my wall. It says always and forever. And it's a beautiful bouquet of flowers that my mother used to love those colors. And and I I saw it in the store and I said, that's for me. So I bought it. But we went to um, a Walmart and it was in an area where we were visiting and we had to go pick up a nail file or something crazy. And my daughter and I were walking into the store and it was a brand new Walmart. And normally they have the sign that says Walmart. Instead, this place had a huge sign in neon on the front, and it said, guess what? Always. <laughs> and I went, okay, why does it say always? So my daughter took a picture of me in front of the sign. We went to NASA in Florida at Cape Canaveral. Cape Kennedy has an entrance, and at the front, all it says is always. So I said, wow. Everywhere I go, my mother is there. It's a beautiful thing. So I I do think that the grieving process, we have to realize that they're watching and saying, please don't be sad. I'm always here. And in the best moments, I'm always with you. So I thoroughly believe that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some wonderful stories. Why did you pick the word always out of curiosity? That she will be with me always. Mm. Um, because I found myself, because we each pick different things and, and it's funny, I'm thinking right here above me, I have a ceiling fan and hanging from it is an ornament that is a ballerina. My sister had picked the word ballerina or picture of a ballerina. And my sister kept saying to me, because she's more the pessimist than me. And I think it's because she probably believes more than I do, but doesn't trust her instincts. And she kept saying, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing anything. And we were in her car. And she has one of those satellite radios that shows you a picture of the album cover with different things in the artist that's performing. And we were doing something and she was complaining about it. I never hear anything. How come you hear everything? Blah, blah, blah. And I looked over. She stopped talking. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, 
oh my gosh. And I said, what? She was listening to Matchbox 20 and the cover of their album was a ballerina. And I said, that's because you're not just letting it happen. You're mm -hmm. expecting, you know, a ballerina to walk into the house and do a dance or something. No, it's subtle. It's very subtle. So my mother sends me numbers, constantly sends me numbers. And it's a series of numbers that I know. And I see them on license plates all day long. And it's almost like watching butterflies. Some people see butterflies and the numbers switch around and she plays with the numbers and I'll be sitting at a red light. And I look in front of me and there's the numbers. I look over here. I see the numbers. I see a truck, a utility truck, and the phone number is the numbers. And I just laugh and I say, now you're just showing off. And I'll look around and there's three of them with the same number. And mm -hmm. I just say, I'm surrounded by peace. I recognize that, you know, that God, the universe are in flow. I'm going to follow the flow of this day. And I know that, you know, they want us to be happy. They want us to be doing good things and live our purpose. And, and that's what it comes down to. So when I see things like that, I just laugh, laugh, laugh. And I think about that movie, Bruce Almighty, because he's talking with God and God does something and he just looks up and he says, now you're just showing off. And that's what I say. I just say, now you're just showing off because the things that happen are just you know, people can call them synchronicities, but I did not make arrangements for them in advance before I woke up that day. They, they're true miracles is the way I look at them. Mm, I love that attitude because, and it's true, it's a, it's a subtle message normally and really easy things to miss unless your eyes are wide open and you're aware or looking for a message to come in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know my dad, for some reason, it songs with me a lot. But my dad, I remember when he was in the hospital and he died um, earlier than that, but he was in the hospital and for he was in, he was kind of delirious and had uh, some kind of issue. And I just off the top of my head, just started not to upset him because he was developing dementia. I just said, Hey, what's your favorite song, dad? And then I was asking him crazy things and he would just answer my questions. And the one he, I, when I asked him about the song, he said, because when I was a little kid, I asked him the same question. I said, you told me your favorite song was Love is Blue by Liberace. And I said, and I thought it was you were being sarcastic because you were saying that you were sad, that love was not part of your life or something, you know, and I thought you were messing with. And he just looked at me. He didn't remember that. But I said, well, what's your favorite song now, Dad? And he just looked at me, didn't even stop for a beat. And he said, don't fence me in. And I, I laughed so hard when he told me this because I was like, I could hear the song and Gene Autry, I think is the song, old country song, ancient country song. So it was probably another year. My dad died after that. And we were driving home because my dad lived in the mountains and my daughter and I were in the car and we're riding down the street, going through the mountains, trying to find a, a radio station with reception. And sure enough, just crying from the funeral. And here comes the song. Don't fence me in. I lost it. Looked at my daughter and I said, started laughing. And I said, daddy sent me a song. Isn't this amazing? And she just looks at me and she knew the significance. Later on, we went home and I just couldn't do anything. And I turned on the television and there was a PBS channel, the public television. And it was a special by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he was talking about the power of intention and peace and all these different things. And all of a sudden in the middle of this, this show, he stops and he says, you know what? I got to sing you a song. And he starts singing, don't fence me in and gets the whole audience to sing, don't fence me in. And I'm like, daddy, what the heck? <laughs> so I just, I, I crack up because for some reason for me, it's music. 
I get earworm songs more so than on the radio, but I'll be just sitting quietly and a song will come into the background of my head from a specific person who's passed away. And I know it's them because of whatever significance the song had for them. Um, out of the strangest of times, and it'll just start to play in my mind. It's like, why would I even think of that song that I haven't heard? Like you said, Don't Fence Me In is from whatever. I remember listening to that when I was a, a young child. My parents loved country or my mom loved country, I should say. So the songs will come back and you'll wonder, where did that come from? Why did I think of that song of all things? Wow. I have a friend that I worked with. I don't think she said, she didn't send me a song, but she came to me. I did not know that she passed. She died in a car accident. She came through three dreams. So I don't know. Do you get dreams where people come through? Yes, quite often. Okay. So it's not, it's not so abnormal. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, I was really kind of blown away when she did it because I thought I thought you only had dreams about people that you had in your you know direct contact on a daily basis or family members or what have you I remember when she passed someone told me and I was really sad about it but then about a week sometimes it's a week or two later when somebody passes that I'll have a dream and I always think it, it does depend does it depend on the severity of their illness or what have you I'm not really sure with her she came once and it was really interesting. She was in like a, a gift store or like a department store and she was checking out, so to speak. And there was somebody standing next to her and I saw her in the distance. And I was like, Hey, Priscilla, how are you? And she just looked at me. She said, I can't, I can't talk. And the person who was with her. was like guiding her somewhere. So she couldn't talk to me. So then the next time she was in my dream and I was walking by the most beautiful rose garden with, you know, a picket fence. And then it had a beautiful trellis. And I walked over and I was looking at the roses and I said, oh, this is so gorgeous. And I looked in and saw this beautiful party going on. And she leaned over the fence and said to me, Isabel, I'm so happy to see you, but you can't come in here yet. It's not time for you to come in here yet. And I said, what do you mean? And she just didn't scratch. She said, I just want you to do one thing for me. And then faded out. And then one, I, I was perplexed by this. So then the next dream, she came to me and said, thank you for everything. And I didn't understand what she was saying. And she said, but I want you to do one thing for me. And I said, okay. And she said, because I have to leave. And she said, I want you to remember my middle name. And I said, okay, I'll remember your middle name. <laughs> and I just thought, okay. And in the dream, I didn't know she was gone. So when I woke up, I remembered the dream and I called one of her coworkers and said, can you tell me Priscilla's middle name? And she said, she said, this is interesting. You're asking this. She said, because she doesn't have a middle name. And I said, okay. And she said, well, this is what I want you to do. I want, I, she said, how did, I, I don't know why you want to know this. She said, but when she got married, she used her maiden name as her middle name. And I said, oh, okay. So I said, so I'm like, okay, what, what was her middle name? And she said, Angle. And immediately I heard in my ears as loud as can be, go pick up the dictionary. And I said, okay. So I went and picked up a dictionary in the days when we used to have dictionaries. And I looked it up and I immediately knew what I was going to hear. And it said it was Anglo-Saxon for angel. Wow. And that, that was so profound and made so much sense because she left us early and her work was really holy work. She worked with cancer patients in their transition. So when you hear things like that, you were meant to be there to hear this, to, to tell their story. So um, I'm glad I'm saying that out loud for her. 
Yeah, for sure. I think that's a portion of why this podcast is valuable for people is so we can take the time to honor those who have touched our lives so profoundly and and walked this journey that we're all just walking each other home as Ram Das says, or yes. said, he's also passed. <laughs> yes, another dear friend of um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Synchronicity. If somebody was going through the grieving journey right now, what advice would you have for them? Some people, their grieving process is much longer than others. I know that with my mom, it took a lot longer than it would have with a friend. I did lose an uncle during COVID, and it really took me by surprise how much we are grieving his loss. He had cancer that was not caught because he was not going to the doctor. He died very quickly because he did not complain. And a lot of us felt a lot of guilt about that that we were not able to help him and we're not with him as much as we would have been in that year. So I think that number one, you need to rid yourself of the guilt because they don't want you to have that. They want you to realize that it was truly their time to go, regardless of how they went. Their mission, their purpose was complete here. I like to believe and understand that because that helps me with the process of healing. I also feel that it's very, very important to honor those people who have passed in a beautiful way that is meaningful to you. So that whether it's a tree that you look at and admire every day, whether it's a bouquet of flowers that you buy yourself, that you promised that this person that you were going to do that. I know when my aunt passed, she loved the singer, French singer, Charles Aznavour, and he was famous for curating roses. So we got Charles Aznavour roses and we put them in a prominent place and grew them in the ground. So they're here. So every year they come up and we think of her, we think of him, we think of beauty, but having something so that we know that they're not forgotten. We know that they're in our hearts, but some people I remember when I was younger, the one thing people used to ask me, what is it? What's the most important thing for you? What, what's the most important thing that you want to accomplish in this life? And I, and I said, as a teenager, I want to be remembered when I'm gone. And I think back now, and I think that was kind of a selfish thing. But no, now that I'm older, no, people want to be remembered. And a very dear friend of mine who lost her husband said to me something that really touched me. She said, is it okay if I talk about Dave with you from time to time? And I said, of course, anytime. And she said, because his name needs to be said out loud. And it's not being said out loud anymore. And I need to tell his stories. I said, absolutely. Anytime that you feel you need to do that, I'm here for you. And now I understand that because we all need to do those things. And in my family, when I was younger, when my grandmother passed, no one would speak about her. No one would let us show pictures of her. We were not allowed to have them out on display. We were not allowed to refer to her in any way because it caused pain. And I think that the best thing that we can do for people is to remember them, remember how they've affected us. And it helps with the leaking out of our eyes to become less and less each time when we're able to see that they are assimilated into who we are because we are carrying them with us wherever we go. And that's the best thing that I can think. I mean, because I know my family would tease me, but I, I make sure that I bring these people into our conversations as much as possible at the Thanksgiving table. My uncle has a, a running joke where we call brownies palate cleansers. So we always have to have brownies at the Thanksgiving table. Um, <laughs> but, and it's, it's the silliest thing that no one's going to remember when we're gone. 
but we have to do that. We honor him with that. Somebody else has to make a certain dish that my grandmother made and somebody else does this. And um, we always have an empty chair for the people who are not there. And those are beautiful rituals and rituals and nourishing, I think are the most important things that you can do through the grieving process for yourself and for others. Because younger kids don't understand why you are so quiet because they don't get it yet. And they may not understand what's going on with them, why they're missing their uncle or whoever it might be. So now I know that grieving processes are longer and shorter for different people, different situations and things. And But even beginning with a pet, I think that that is, some people, that's, that's probably just as devastating as the loss of a child, realizing that everybody's grief is real. And I think that that's, you know, with the nourishing, with the, the supporting people and honoring them, but also acknowledging everyone's grief is different. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. And I think it is important to say the stories and say the person's name and remember, as well as like you say, we carry them forward with us as, as we journey through this experience. Right. If someone were to find you online, where would they go? And actually, I'm going to put two things to that and also speak just a little bit about this autism nonprofit organization that you have. <laughs> we are in two places because during a social media marketing program that I took last year, I was going through the pandemic. I have run a nonprofit for children and families facing autism throughout the lifespan for 20 years now. And my son, who just made an appearance here, is 22. He has a twin sister who does not have autism. What I decided was I did not want to live this journey alone and share what I have learned. So what I discovered is, as I share with other people, they share with me, and I get so much more out of it after these 20 years than they can ever imagine, because helping people helps you through the tough times and giving service to others uh, and not losing yourself is a very delicate balance. So there have been times when I am all in and forget that I'm supposed to take care of me too. So this is a good reminder as I started Life on the Bright Side. It's, it's for building up caregivers and teaching them that the support begins with themselves through joy and creating that joy. And that's what the sunrises and the sunsets are about for myself and for others. And what I just decided to do is I have a Facebook private group page that's called Life on the Bright Side that is for the parents and the educators. And what I thought it was just going to be people with special needs. Now it's anybody wants to come. We're having way too much fun. So I think everybody wants to join us. And it's all about finding that bright side. And in the past year, we've all needed that. So that's that was an outgrowth of Faces for Autism, which is now actually continues to grow after 20 years, where we used to deal with just the person who had a child newly diagnosed on the autism spectrum and helping them, supporting them through that. And our website is Faces, F-A-C-E-S, the number for autism.org. They can find information about life on the bright side there. But we're also on Facebook. We're a very active community on Facebook. We have so much fun. Other people want to come and hang out with us. So that's what that's all about. That's awesome. Great. And are you on Instagram? Could they find you there as well? Yes, we have faces, the number four autism there on Instagram, and also our life on the bright side is on Instagram. Awesome. We'll put those links in the show notes so that people can just do fast click and, and come over and find you. I love it. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your wonderful stories. That was, there was a lot to pack in there that you shared so eloquently. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Tammy. Have a great week. All right, you too.
We're so grateful for our guests for sharing their time with us and sharing their experiences. It's wonderful to know that we're not alone, and it's so great to hear that even though our loved ones have passed, that they are still here with connections, albeit different from before. Be sure to subscribe and to share this podcast. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Please email me. We're also grateful to Kevin McLeod and to Computech for sharing this wonderful background music entitled Happy Dreams. Thank you for sharing your time with us. May you enjoy your time still being here.